Hi, I'm Debbie George Addis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about free money, $1,000 a month, Parliament supports Trudeau, and the Nazi tactic works, President's Day yesterday in George Washington, why Putin launched in the Ukraine now, question, and let's pretend gender stories. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. There's a story out of California that is so symbolic and so uh, a, bait, a good you know, launching point for instruction. This is out of the area in California, in Los Angeles. Um, and it is a, um, I, I call the story, you know, $1,000 free per month. But it's a story out of Los Angeles about how this organization, the West Hollywood Pilot for Guaranteed Income, West Hollywood, which is a little town, little city actually, uh, Pilot for Guaranteed Income has announced that they, the city of West Hollywood, in conjunction with uh, two other groups, are going to launch a program for guaranteed income for some portion of their population. They have qualifications. You, ha you have to apply, so applications can start, I think it's uh, next Monday, you, and it goes for a week. You make application, and if you're chosen, you're going to get $1,000 a month from this pilot program. The qualifications are you have to be over the age of 50 and you have to be LGBTQ. Beyond that, they don't care anything about you and they don't actually, in this program, in any way direct or inquire how you spend the money. You just apply the lucky 25 people, 25 out of who knows how many will apply, get to get $1,000 a month. And the program is going to last, I think it was like 17 months. And so they're just going to hand out money to a apparently relatively randomly chosen group of people. My friends, this is all over again. This is just another modern iteration of the Great Society, another modern, infra, uh, in, you know, just a new creation, exactly like the welfare state, the failed welfare state that LBJ launched in the 1960s. This is Great Society all over again. They try to put a new spin on it. They try to say, oh, this is a great idea, kind of universal basic income. And it's a whole notion of, you know, we're just, we're, we all these criteria. All they're saying is, the government is going to create a spending program and give people money for doing nothing. That's what they're saying. Because, and, and what really is uh, dastardly behind it, just like if you ever really read about the, the uh, conduct behind closed doors in Washington, D.C., when they cooked up the Great Society and all those massive social spending programs, it's a bunch of Ivy League elite ruling class no, um, we know better than everybody else type people sitting around looking at the, you know, the population numbers and the income numbers and being the masters of the universe, the meisters of the universe, saying, well, if we you know, take this money here from these people and we push it over here and we look at these people and they treat them this way and these people, these people think their job is to be the rulers. They are, they are Marxists. It is a Marxist ideology, Marxist mentality that gets you there. And they think, they sit there at, in Washington back when they were creating Great Society, they create fabulous talking points, fabulous sound bites about, you know, 
the great society is going to lift us all and all these wonderful things. At the end of the day, all they're really saying is we somehow think we can snap our fingers and wave our magic wand and change the rules of life, change the rules of a free market, change the, the conduct which leads to success, change everything because we're smarter than you know the universe we're smarter than the rules of life we're smarter than the conduct that leads the the, uh, the known truth since time began which is hard work should be rewarded when people are rewarded for hard work they're going to continue to work hard because they like being rewarded and when people get money for free which was you know we learned this lesson back at the founding of america the lesson you, you likely recall back i mean obviously centuries ago when you had the very very first settlers here and they settled at plymouth and they had their first you know time in the spring they could plant they could create a harvest and plant food and and you know provide for themselves and they had for reasons irrelevant to my iteration today they had they set up okay one big area everybody works you know no everyone owns a lamb everybody works and everybody gets the food at the end and the fact was they soon discovered uh, after that first harvest that, that people don't work if there's no incentive to work if they think somebody else should be working Somehow they'll still get what they need. They don't have to work. They didn't work. They literally nearly starved Because they started out in this socialist Marxist mindset that said let's just commonly own the farmland and everybody will work hard Don't worry it. They'll all do that for no good reason at all and people didn't and the actually the founder uh, I can't his name Standish whoever it was wrote in his diary about how this functioned how you have the older people saying why should I work the young people are healthy they're strong let them work you had all the grumbling by people why should they work why, why should I work why doesn't he work they could not incentivize people until they had the notion which they did the following year the following planting season which is every family owned a piece of the land and said you know what you got to grow your food here you don't grow food you don't eat and pretty lo and behold shockingly it just turned out that people were willing to work when they knew that was the way they would get food nothing changes these these are fundamental facts of life they're fundamental facts of life. The free market system, the entire concept of private property free market system is rooted in just fundamental reality of life. So back to our happy friends in West Hollywood, they are launching off, trying to make it sound like a new, you know, just really insightful, you know, uh, trendy next generation thinking. They're going to have universal basic income. And they pick, of course, as they, because they have that Meisters of the Universe mentality, just like the people who cooked up the Great Society, which, by the way, Great Society, after decades and trillions, T as in Tyrannosaurus, trillions of dollars transferred from hardworking people and businesses that earn the money to people who weren't working and the poverty rate didn't change. In fact, not only did the poverty rate not change, worse than that, you had, you incentivized families, you incentivized people to, to not live in families, to not remain in nuclear family units. You ended up with, and I, this, you were, may recall recently we had a guest on our show talking about at the time the Great Society was launched, you had in black families in America, you had 80% of the families were two-parent homes, mom and dad and kids. And as we progress over time and the great society, and it wasn't just black families, it's any low income family that became reliant on the government. There's just no incentive to have the normal structure of family in place. In fact, programs rewarded single mothers with children. So yes, of course, if you're a single mother with children, you're gonna to wanna to stay that way. 
Anyway, so that happened. 80% of black families had, to, it was a two-parent home uh, at the time of the launch in Great Society. Today, it's 80% of families have a single-parent home, a black family, a single-parent home, because there is simply no incentive to have that family unit in place. This is a uh, proven in the past unsuccessful tack to just hand out money and think somehow that will help. But even worse than that, it continues America over the cliff towards socialism. It breeds reliance on government. It breeds destruction of the sense of self-reliance, of belief in yourself. I can do this. I can find a way. All when you have government handout programs like this one is, and it just says, you know, simply because you exist, we're going to send you some money every month. You, you just, you, you uh, take away the incentive of people to make the, their own life better, to work hard, to find a way they can make money. You just simply work away at and destroy one of the most fundamental rewarding things in all of life, which is to work hard, to give of yourself to community, uh, uh, to your society, and then to earn money for it and to feel accomplished. You rob people of that. But this universal basic income thing is getting kind of trendy. Uh, I think the guy, that candidate for a Democrat candidate for a president, um, Mr. Yang, proposed that. And that was viewed to be one of his most popular, um, even though he didn't get anywhere in the polls when he ran for president. But he, that was viewed to be popular. Other cities are trying this universal basic income. You do have a couple of professors weighing in already saying, you know, uh, you don't really solve any of the cause of poverty by throwing money at it. Very good point. Yeah, very good point. That you don't, I mean, you don't get anyone who's, which is really the point I'm making. You're not solving poverty by just handing out money. Now, I would say the kind of what, what the uh, welfare reform did, and I think it was 96 or 98 um, under Clinton did, it got America around to thinking, you know, this shouldn't be a permanent thing. So it put caps on the amount of times you could be on, on welfare, how long you could receive it, because people realized the, the fundamental truths of life, which I am just talking about right now, that you just you breed an unhealthy reliance on government when you make handout programs permanent. A handout lifting people up, inspiring them to find their way in life and find their ability to be self-reliant uh, is a wonderful thing. Handouts that are permanent, long-term, no conditions attached. Uh, they breed, every, they harm society, breed everything wrong, and they sure help that socialist mission uh, of the left to make the American people just a weakened society dependent on government. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So I talked about, I run through the beginning of the show, what I want to talk about during the show. Um, I want to tell you very quickly, uh, we have radio, we're on radio now. This show is online and it's on all the major social media platforms. Um, I'm going to work to getting on the Trump platform. I didn't even uh, put our name in yet, but I'm going to do that. Um, and we're not on YouTube because um, they don't let you talk about ways you can f find cures for COVID uh, that don't involve the vaccines. They, they get mad at you if you talk about such things, so not on YouTube. But what I want to say about uh, the show today is this is a show that is, I love we're on radio. I welcome our radio listeners. If you're just hearing this show on radio or elsewhere, you can go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. That is our home home page, our website. You can see all of our past shows, interviews, blogs, uh, our very popular feature at the end of every show, Why It Matters to You. They're all listed in there uh, on the website. So it's a great place to go learn more uh, at that website. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter. I urge you to do that. You can make a donation to this show because this show is listener supported. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Listeners support it. Okay, so I want to turn to talking about, about what happened in Canada. Very, very quick update of what happened in Canada. So uh, the parliament yesterday in Canada 
had to vote on the emergency declaration that uh, Justin Trudeau put in place a week ahead of time. So Trudeau put it in place uh, on Valentine's Day on the 14th, and then yesterday, the 21st, uh, the um, government, the, they, that emergency declaration only lasts a week. Parliament had to review it and decide what to do. Yesterday, I played a clip of a, a conservative in Parliament who was urging the people in Parliament to turn down Trudeau's request to extend this emergency authorization. She was on the side of, you know, you, you got to let the truckers protest. And then, and really on the side of telling Trudeau, he had cracked down too harshly on this truckers freedom convoy, you know, freezing their bank accounts, taking away their money, um, that, that what he had done was too harsh. So there was after that, or I at least saw it afterwards, uh, there were remarks made on the floor of the, uh, the House and the Parliament in Canada uh, by a liberal side woman, a, a Jewish member of the Parliament, um, who gave a rather lengthy um, little spiel. I want to play just a very short part of it. Her name, by the way, this, this uh, a member of Parliament uh, in Canada, her name is Yara Sachs. Yara Sachs. And she had, of course, she supports Trudeau. She supports the extension of the uh, emergency declaration, which, by the way, did get extended. The Parliament sided with Trudeau and sided against the uh, truckers. But I want to have you hear what she had to say. This is Yara Sachs in Canada at Parliament yesterday. Questions et commentaires, the Honourable Parliamentary Secretary to the Minister of Families, Children and Social Development. Thank you, Madam Speaker. And uh, I've heard the words of my colleague on the other side of the floor. And so I have a few questions. Um, as a Jewish member of Parliament myself and a descendant of survivors of the Holocaust as well, I, like many Canadians, were shocked to see Nazi flags, Confederate flags, dismayed and angry and hurt, horribly hurt. So how many Nazi flags does it take? How many donors from the Capitol riots, it's 1,100 and counting, who have donated to these illegal blockades? How many guns need to be seized? How much vitriol do we have to see of Hong Kong, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these protesters on social media? Mm -hmm. How much, how many times do we have to see clear indicators that what is out there is not about the hard two years that every Canadian has suffered? Sure. But is it about something much deeper and darker and uglier that is threatening the stability of this house, the work that we do as legislators each and every day for our constituents, the democracy that we have to uphold. When will it be an emergency for you and your colleagues across the floor? The Honourable Member uh, knows full well that she needs to uh, address the questions and comments of the Chair, and I've been trying to single her because there's other people who need to ask questions as well. Okay, I wanted to play that and have you hear her whole, There was more she said, but this is a profoundly important thing to understand and, and to directly address. The Truckers Freedom Convoy has zero zip not a nothing to do with Nazism, to do with Hitler, to do with hate. That is a bold-faced fabrication, flat-out lie. I'm not saying by her. I mean, I actually listened to her voice. You know, she got teary in her voice when she was saying she saw signs that people, she saw people were carrying uh, Confederate flags or Nazi flags. I want to just please understand this. 
The left has figured out, the anti-American, anti-freedom left in this world has figured out all they have to do, all they have to do to silence every single conservative who tries to speak up on any issue is to find some basis to allege that racism was involved. Some effort to argue that you know Nazism or Hitler or some ugly thing, and they think they can shut down the whole thing. I am sorry if she is, I, I believe she's actually truly deluded. Like she is just, she's vulnerable and foolish and bought into the idea that the truckers freedom convoy was about Nazism, but it is absurd and she is flat out wrong. Leftists have figured out whether it's a tea party, whether it is the uh, Trump supporters, whether it is anything that the conservatives try to stand up for to preserve freedom in this world, all the left has to do is truly a false flag operation, great use of that word, false flag operation, send in a bunch of uh, even two or three leftists waving signs, either waving a Confederate flag or a Nazi flag, and then the left can explode with outrage and claim, oh my gosh, again, these crazy conservatives, they ha I saw a Nazi flag, I saw a Confederate flag, I'm sorry, this is utter bull. The only people at the truckers, if it really were any, the only people at the Truckers Freedom Convoy waving the Confederate flag or waving a, a Nazi flag are leftists trying to destroy the message and to, to confuse people to destroy the message of the conservatives who want freedom. I believe because she sounded like she was going to cry when she said she was deeply hurt that she's actually duped by it. She's actually fooled. She is therefore not particularly discerning. And I'm sorry her feelings are hurt, but you have to understand, this is how the left destroys every freedom movement in this world. It's when the Tea Party comes along, and then you all of a sudden say, well, gosh, I saw someone there with a Confederate flag. It's always a false flag. It's a leftist showing up. The truckers who are up there in Canada trying to stand up for freedom are standing for freedom, not Hitler or any other awful, evil message. They're not standing for Hitler. They're not standing for J hatred of Jews or any other message. The left succeeds in fooling, deluding, confusing, relatively undiscerning people like this member of parliament into thinking this is somehow really a movement to support Hitler. And for her to say that the HH, you know, which is Hong Kong, while the truckers are doing, the cars are doing, the people are holding up Hong Kong, is a secret message that really means Heil Hitler. I mean, that is lunatic level deluded. That's embarrassing level stupid on her part. And I'm sorry, even for her feelings are hurt, embarrassing level stupid on her part. Having said that, I just, the reason it matters so much is this is how, as we face, as I always tell you on the show, we're at a phase in history in this world where the leftists are rising around this world. The communist movement is rising up. We thought we knocked it dead after the Cold War and, the, and Russia collapse and, the, and the, you know, the wall and Germany collapse. Communism is on the rise. The globalist Marxist uh, massive effort to have one world government under the idea of Marxism and socialism, this is on the rise. And so what the truckers stand for, what the Tea Party stands for, what millions around the world are standing for in supporting the truckers is we don't want to have that. We want our freedom. That's the message of the truckers. It's the only message of the truckers. I'm sorry for that woman. She is not bright enough to serve in, in the, in the uh, Canadian parliament if that's what she thinks. She doesn't understand what's happening. But I also want to say on that note, Canada is not the same 
country, kind of culturally, as America. And so, as I said earlier, there was a relatively close vote, but the parliament backed Trudeau. They're going to allow him to continue this effort to seize people's property, seize their bank accounts, because they participated in a peaceful protest opposing the, the COVID vaccine mandates. A peaceful protest opposing what many see as tyrannical and oppressive mandates. And the government has said, oh, you protest us, you disagree with us, you won't do exactly what we tell you, we're gonna clean out your bank account. And they're doing it, they're doing it. But Canada, as I say, not culturally the same. You know, in America, we always love to quote the idea from our Declaration of Independence, we have God-given right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. It's like America's, you know, slogan or one of them. In Canada, they do have a different culture. They have, their slogan is, Canadians have a national motto, peace, order, and good government. They don't have that fire for liberty that America was founded on. And they actually kind of popular, are kind of fond of saying, you know, yeah, we're not Americans, we're Canadians, we're different. In fact, I'll tell you very quickly, I have a friend here uh, in um, Texas who married a um, guy, she grew up in America, uh, grew up in Texas, I think, and she married a guy who's Canadian, and they decided to live in Canada for a while. Uh, maybe it was gonna be permanent, so they move up to Canada where he's from, they live there, I don't know, three or four years. Among the many things she observed living up there is nobody stands up for themselves. Nobody does. I mean, it was an era when a lot of the Obamacare arguments were happening and socialized medicines growing. And so people in Canada, you know, they have socialized medicine. So they have, you know, waiting in line. So you're told, oh, yeah, you want knee replacement? Well, you know, it's going to be like 27 months. I'm pulling that number out of the hat. I don't remember the numbers were. But I mean, ridiculous delays to get basic health care. And so in America, people have the attitude, well, let's figure that out. Why do we have to wait 27 months for knee replacement? Let's get more doctors, get more people, whatever you, you would solve it. And she was talking about the Canadian mentality. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll get it. I just get in line. I get in line. I wait my turn. And it doesn't bother them. It doesn't, they don't have that sense of, come on, we can fix this. We can find a better way. We can get more doctors in. We can, whatever it is, people from Canada who want immediate medical attention for non-emergency things come to America because we don't make you wait. And I'm, again, I don't know the actual estimate of how long you have to wait for a knee replacement, but it was ridiculous, ridiculous compared with America. We can pretty much get it, you know, overnight. So go back to Canada. So Canada's mentality is very different than Americans. And actually the polling was showing in Canada uh, that the majority of citizens agreed with Trudeau, agreed with Trudeau with his emergency declaration, shut down the truckers freedom convoy, didn't mind the punishments, didn't mind people's bank accounts are being seized. About two thirds in every single province all over Canada say, well, I guess that's okay. Yeah, yeah, we agree with that. There was none of the spirit of America that, that is so different and so vital. And the world needs America. The world needs America and our, and our just passion for freedom to be a voice in this time in the world as we're watching the rising ugliness of totalitarian evil. I always blur together socialism, Marxism, communism. I'm going to play that game with the left who just wants to parse definitions. Say, well, it's not exactly this. Is, it, it calls socialism, whatever you want to call it, it is antithetical to the freedom of America. 
and there's a rising movement in this world, around the world, and countries around this world that used to honor freedom, that are just slowly, greatly due to COVID and other reasons, slowly just surrendering individual freedom in the name of letting the government take care of us, let the government control us, let the government control every aspect of our life. So you have in Canada that kind of outcome. Um, I will tell you that the, the things that happened in Canada, what Trudeau did, um, and, I, and you know he's branded as a Marxist, I, I think well-deserved, branded as a Marxist, not concerned about how his conduct, how his decisions are impacting people who want to stand up and say, I don't want to be forced to get a vaccine. I actually think I have the freedom to decide whether to get a vaccine. And the, you have to remember too, this is against the backdrop of even countries like Israel that were just hysterically pro-vaccine and very harsh and very, they had mandates, I mean, real mandates. They're backing off. Israel's pretty much dropping all their COVID uh, mandates, except that they're not letting people come in from out of country who aren't vaccinated, but they're pretty much dropping everything. Around America, more and more cities and states are dropping these vaccine mandates, vaccine demands, uh, vaccine passports. They're dropping it because they're realizing that the facts are catching up with the tyranny and the facts are catching up to those imposing the tyranny. They're going, wait a minute, actually, we didn't really need to do this. I will say there were people in positions of power in counties and states around this country who may have reacted to COVID initially with great fear, great trepidation, and just a great sense of responsibility about their people. Thought, you know what? We're gonna to have to react this way. We're just gonna to have to you know, really put down mandates. We're gonna mandate masks. We're gonna shut down businesses. We're gonna shut down churches. And some people did those things in good faith out of fear or just an exaggerated sense of wanting to protect their people. But number one, it's not the government's job to keep you healthy. It's the government's job to tell you about risks to tell you what the experts say, and it's not the government's job to suppress other experts who are trying to speak up, actual doctors treating actual COVID patients, talking about the available remedies that we don't have to wait for the vaccines, we didn't have to wait for the vaccines. But there were many people who, so they're falling in that kind of relatively innocent category. There's a lot of people, that inner tyrant, they just finally found something they can latch onto and use to control the people and this is Justin Trudeau. If there's an encyclopedia definition of this kind of person, this kind of tyrant, Marxist tyrant, his picture will be there. He loves controlling the people. The fact that the, the COVID pandemic is pretty much over everywhere. The fact that Omicron, Omicron rather, was not deadly. It spread quickly, but it wasn't deadly. Most people got through it. The fact that the statistics now show in America that 99, over 99% of Americans overall get through COVID and survive, they don't go to the hospital, they survive just fine. Those facts becoming aware, people become aware of them and government's responding saying, okay, you know, we were just trying to help, we're trying to protect you. But you know, guys like Trudeau, he sees this as an opportunity to exercise a kind of tyrannical Marxist power. He always thought he should. And he, is, he falls in the same ilk as Obama, that kind of young Mr. Hip, Mr. Cool, you know, I'm here to save the people. And, and so he's, he's, but you know, Canada, by, by capitulating to this, by allowing this to happen, by not standing up more as people in America are standing up, they're going down the road towards socialism faster than we are. They're already ahead of us down that road, but they're going down you know, to the left, to socialism, 
faster than they were before when they're conceding to the government you can let me know whether or not i am allowed to leave my house whether i have to get a vaccine passport to able to go to be able to go anywhere whether i have to wear a mask everywhere i go they are conceding their, their individual liberty, they're conceding the idea that they, they have responsibility and control over their own lives. They're conceding, they're happy to let government control their lives. Very dangerous direction in Canada. Okay, before we have our radio listeners, first of all, if you're just tuned in on radio, let me show you, this is America Can We Talk. My name is Debbie Georgiatis. The show is America Can We Talk, and the website is americacanwetalk.org. I want to tell you a couple quick things, listeners, before you go off to your break at the bottom of the hour. We have a whole another half an hour of the show after your break. So when you go to your break at right at the bottom of the hour, come back after the break. We're still going to go. We have great, great, great topics coming up after the break. Also want to urge you, um, if you'd like to know more about the show, to go to the website, as I mentioned, subscribe to our newsletter. You can also join America Can We Talk at americacanwetalk.org. You can join, hit the members, ta- across, members word across the top of the page. It tells you how, there, the, how to join. You get discounts on our upcoming uh, conferences or upcoming summits. You get discounts on the products we have. You just, it's a great deal to join. $50 a year, 5 plus it keeps this program on air. I also want to encourage you, as you're listening online, other ways you can support this show. Number one is that I found out about a beverage in the last year. My husband and I had had the flu, kind of a bad flu, and after we got over the flu, <clears throat> we just were kind of, didn't have any energy. And I talked to a doctor friend of ours who just said, you should buy this product. And so if you can put that up, it's called, the product's called HydroShot. HydroShot, the website is H two, which is the, the numeral two, Bev, B as in boy, E, V as in Victor, h2bev.com. HydroShot is a hydrogen infused nitrous oxide boost. It is a, is a uh, you can only buy this online. You can't find it in stores. They ship it right to your house, zero calories, keto friendly, tastes really good. And it gives you, I drink one can every morning, and I'm telling you, it really does increase your performance, your alertness, your endurance, your focus. It has infused hydrogen, which is a, a particularly protective process they developed. Go to hydroshot, go to h2bev.com, use the promo code DEBBIEG, D-E-B-B-I-E-G. Come back after your break. For the rest of our listeners, a little story I'll do at the bottom of the hour. I love to have a little story just for you, everyone listening online. Um, so I wanna talk about this, um, President's Day. And I'm kind of bugged at myself because yesterday was President's Day and I had other stories I wanted to cover. So I didn't get to it. But I think President's Day is a really good day, not just to honor uh, America's past presidents. I mean, that is a good way to honor President's Day. It's just to honor America's, uh, especially our notable past presidents. But it's also a good day to think about the caliber and the quality, the, the, the characteristics you would want to see in a person who would rise to the presidency of the United States. It is not like you continue to run and first you run your dog catcher race and then you won county, you know, uh, county commissioner court and then and you move up slowly and kind of like it becomes your turn to be president. That's not how we should think about it. The presidency is literally the most important job in the world. It is a job where you preside over the nation that introduced to the world the idea that we individuals, because, simply because we were born, we have rights from God to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. It's in our declaration. The Constitution was created to give structure and, and integrity and strength to that promise uh, that this nation will always honor our God-given rights. 
and the presidency is you are the you know you are in charge of overseeing this extraordinary great unique nation so I'll tell you some stories about George Washington our first president we could do a lot of honoring of real leaders but George Washington you know beside being the our first president and just you know father of the nation often called when he was 21 years old so you know picture your average 21 year old today who's whining about which uh, synonym got you or which pronoun got used and whether they're have neither safe space to cry about something 21 years old George Washington was entrusted to make an effort this is it so he is in I think it was in 1753 1754 it was so before the revolution George Washington was entrusted he was a major in the Virginia militia and he volunteered to deliver a letter from the British Lieutenant Governor of Virginia named Robert Dinwiddle to the French commander at Fort LeBeouf demanding that the French evacuate the Ohio Territory. So a battle, British and French. He's, he is empowered to do, make this trip. He literally, he loads up with interpreters, translators, bag carriers. Turns out couldn't get an Uber that day. He has to walk or horse ride. And, and what he has to do, by the way, he has to cross the Allegheny Mountains. In winter, as he describes in his uh, remembrances, there were excessive rains and vast quantities of snow. Welcome back to our radio listeners. I'm in the middle of telling uh, this story, amazing story about George Washington, who really should be honored on President's Day. Uh, and maybe uh, we would be better off if we had more people like him. So when he was a young man, 21 years old, he's entrusted with, during the, the battle between the British and the French, he's been entrusted to take a message from the Virginia, excuse me, the, Virginia, the governor of Virginia, the British Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, Robert Dinwiddle, to the French commander LeBeouf, and he has to, I mean, go by horseback. He's got to bring this message, which basically message was surrender the Ohio Territory. And he's supposed to wait to get the response back from this French leader to take back to Dinwiddle in Virginia. He crosses mountains. The Allegheny Mountains, as he describes, his excessive rains and vast quantities of snow had fallen. He's sludging through. I mean, the story goes on and on about the trudging through to get to where he is. He also has to be discerning at 21 years old to figure out, you know, these people who would come along and they say, oh, yeah, we'll help you. And he's trying to say, are these spies? Are these? And then he starts to worry about the crew who is taking him who's guiding him are they going to be lured away are they going to be bribed to attack him are they going to be bribed to abandon him and actually as it turns out they did most of them abandoned him and he, so i'm telling you the story to say i want you to think of the qualities and characteristics that george washington had to successfully carry out this mission 21 years old and after that of course leading the american troops in the revolutionary war and all the stories you know about that and then he's selected as the first president. And actually, after the whole uh, Declaration of Independence and the whole creation of the country, um, they come to him and say they want him to be king. And he's, you know, a true, clear, clear thinking, noble leader said, no, we're, we're not doing kings. We're not, we're, that's the whole point. We're getting rid of monarchy. This is we the people. He becomes the first president. And the things that he, I, I mean, his life story is so extraordinary and the qualities he demonstrated were so exceptional. And the people then, they didn't have the internet, they didn't have text messages, they didn't have you know, Twitter and Facebook and all these places they could send messages. They had to actually read. 
but had, had to actually read and understand who is this guy, what is the position he's trying, we're trying to put him in, what are we going to do, about, what's he going to do in that position? It's an extraordinary picture of America's founding, of, of what George Washington did and who he was. And there, we could feature other presidents who've been uh, magnificent leaders. But I want you to think about two things. Number one, right now, in America's schools, you have the, I, I can't even think of the right words, to, to the audacity of the uh, anti-American left, the 1619 Project, uh, many other projects that are just profoundly anti-American that are determined to destroy America as founded. And they have, over the decades, I mean, 1619 Project just came along, but leftist anti-American uh, academia has pushed away out of our public schools the teaching of who George Washington was, how great and extraordinary he was, the great things he did, pushed all of that away. And so instead, what you're, and even the studying of the Declaration of Independence, that the most as I say in, all, in many speeches I give, the Declaration of Independence, the single most important document ever written in world history after the Bible. It is. It's that important. The Declaration of Independence, that writing down of the idea, that capturing of all the thinking of the, uh, you know, the luminaries, the philosophers of the ages, finally saying, we're going to have a country dedicated to the rights of man. All men created equal. Rights from our creator because we were born. Those might language for it, but rights weren't created because you exist. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. I mean, this was an extraordinary country. And so now you have a generation of kids coming out of school who've had Declaration of Independence. Maybe they learned some of the important language of it, but they have had uh, now decades of schools saying, well, not really. You know, George Washington, he wasn't such a great guy. And they, they, we've had this, you know, uh, surround this country founded by a bunch of white, white old, little old white men, and many of them owned slaves, and so they can't be trusted. And nothing they said was right, nothing they did was right. The Declaration, in fact, was written about um, by the Pulitzer Center. Uh, Pulitzer Center uh, is helping to distribute the 1619 Project in public schools. It actually says, uses this language talking about the Declaration of Independence and talks about the, this, the Declaration as being, as in their words, um, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness didn't apply. Then they go back on to say the Declaration of Independence is a lie. And you have to understand, if you don't learn these ideas in school or sometime in life, then every, your perspective about America, of course you're sucked in by every idiotic left-wing concept that comes along. And you know, I, I didn't say as much in the beginning as I meant to on the show today, but I was gonna make the point about how America is getting swept along, swept along by lies. Lies. A nice word could be pretends, but led along by lies. Lies coming out of the 1619 Project as though socialism Marxism or communism has ever worked anywhere, and that's what they're pushing. It's never worked anywhere. It's created human misery, murder, slaughter uh, over centuries more than any other ideology in world history. But the Democrat Party, that, which has embraced Marxism, they just, they just push that lie. Oh yeah, it's the best thing ever. Everything will be fair and perfect. They, they, they lead by lies. They, 
they teach by lies. They teach lies. They push lies. It's true about America's founding. Uh, it's true about the idea that can be free money. And that's another socialist idea. This whole, the, 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 um, the big welfare state creation back in uh, Johnson's time, the great society, and with a new uh, today, universal basic income. It's, it's premise on the lie that these kind of maestros of the universe can sit around and change reality, change human nature, and they can't. But I wanted to say, so on this Biden thing, I want to contrast now who George Washington is and who Joe Biden is. And I'm just going to make two examples. I could do many, many, many more. But the Biden administration right now, and we're going to get to talking a tiny bit about the Ukraine, but the Biden administration right now actually announced that they have a Supreme Court pick to make, as you all know. And so they are going to, they've announced, Biden's saying, we're going to have the first black woman on the Supreme Court. Okay, about the most racist and actually misogynistic accusation, bigoted uh, you know, statement to make, we're, we're going to not focus on qualifications, not focus on what they believe in. We're going to pick based on race, which I, I find very offensive. On top of that, Biden announced he, who he hired, his main person to help him come up with a list of black women who could be considered for Supreme Court justices, a woman named Minion. M-I-N-Y-O-N, Minion Moore, she's 63. You know, Biden's asked her to help find this, this uh, first black woman to sit in the Supreme Court. And she also happens to be on the board of Black Lives Matter, the, the big overarching organization, Black Lives Matter. Not just a local activist here or there, a big left-wing Black Lives Matter advocate. Again, Black Lives Matter funded by the Chinese Communist Party, funded by Marxism, driving Marxism. And yet, he says this, and I just wanted you to contrast his manipulation of race, his race baiting and making these kind of statements about the Supreme Court, his announcement of who's going to help him with the caliber and quality of George Washington. It, it, it's almost unspeakable. You know, the other thing, uh, I can't get off on too much today, but I'll just say Biden, I don't want to let it go entirely. Biden also, his administration has a new hire, um, and this is a, and I, I know probably a lot of you saw this story in other places, but this is a new hire in the Biden administration, the Department of Energy's Office of Nuclear Energy. Office of Nuclear Energy. So that's a pretty important, important thing. A very high-level position. And the person who was hired is an LGBTQ activist who is a drag queen. Drag queen, proudly. I mean, I'm not name-calling. That's what this person calls himself. A drag queen, LGBTQ activist who's lectured on kink. K-I-N-K, kink at college campuses, participated in interviews about fetish role play, loves to talk about role play in his sexual um, aspect of his life, including putting a dog's leash around the neck of, of his uh, partners and leading them around like dogs. This is his sexual foreplay. Actually, got criticized for you know what the idea that he may engage in sexual activity with dogs, and had an answer which I'm not going to. Um, this guy's last name is Brinton, by the way. B R I N T O N talks about you know hug submission, teaching people how to be uh, you know how to behave well as a dog on a leash as sexual foreplay. Last thing I'll say about him, just to say. Imagine if George Washington were presented with a person like this and said, hey, this would be a good guy to be at a high-level position in one of your, your federal agencies. This guy, he said, the hardest thing is ever asked by people who say, wait, and he said, this is his words, 
People say to him, wait, you have sex with animals? He goes, they believe it's abusive. It's taking advantage of someone who may not be acting up to a level of human responsibility. The other misperception is that I have some really messed up background, like that I have a horrible childhood trauma that made me like to have, to have sex with animals. Like he's saying it's really normal. Why do you have to assume I had a trauma in my life? Okay, this guy, high-level position, dealing in the Office of Nuclear Energy in the Biden administration. People, this is an unserious administration. Unserious, I, I know that doesn't sound like a strong enough word, but America has serious issues facing this country. This is the most unserious, I mean, you contrast with you know the depth needed of the of moral character and clarity and, and the ideas of America that the president should be fully embracing and, and fully encouraging to be taught. And, and yet this is the kind of guy you have and the kind of hires he would make. This is an unserious administration in a very, very, very serious time in American history, a very serious time when we have now we have Russia actually moving toward the Ukraine. Uh, I mean, countless challenges going on in the world. And you have the most unserious administration. Just, just I, I mean, it's, you can hardly believe it's America. I mean, I will say also, as I've said many times, I don't think the American people chose Biden. They didn't. In the last election cycle in 2020, he got votes and he may have got millions of votes, millions of votes, but the American people like what the Trump administration was doing, the direction of the country, the resurrection of the, of the respect for America, the protection of our borders, the respect for the American people, the love of America, all that Trump brought to the presidency, that's what people voted for in 2020. Whether we ever get that straightened around, I, I don't know, I cannot, you know, I don't have crystal ball, I don't know, but this administration didn't win and what they're doing to America is outrageous. But I do it. Two other quick stories. One is about Putin launching, uh, a, you know, launching into the Ukraine. So I want to remind you about this. I'm going to get, I, I have many great experts I can talk to about foreign policy, and I'm going to let them talk in detail in the next few weeks about all that's going on with the Ukraine and Russia and, and our position. I just want to remind you of a few things. I want to remind you that for the four years that President Trump was in office and actually won in 2016, he was subjected for almost the whole time to media reports that he hadn't really won, that somehow Russia collusion with the Trump administration had caused him to be able to win, that you know Trump was heavy in with the Russians, you know, he was Putin's puppet, he was beholden to Putin, you know, Putin had something on him, that there was you know, the whole farce, the whole pretend that the, de the Democrat Party and the FBI and the DOJ and the mainstream media put this country through for virtually the entire four years that Trump was president. That's what happened. There was no, talk about a pretend of, of you know, unbelievable magnitude. There never was any Trump-Russia collusion. And yet we all had to read headlines, stories, you know, blaring headlines, accusations, and depositions, and, and I, I mean, and there was nothing to it. But in those four years, President Trump stood up to Russia's President Putin, very much like an American president should. An American president who understands his job is to stand up for the American people. And during those four years, Putin did not invade the Ukraine. 
Trump made it clear, I stand for a strong America. I stand with the American people. I stand for a strong America. And we're not going to, they, he, Trump, had exuded, um, you know, just, just events, I can't remember what the right word is, you know, just, just he displayed in his speeches, in his actions, America's back, we're strong, and we're not going to let Putin uh, and the aggressors in the world be aggressive. And Putin was smart enough to think, I don't think I'm going there while Trump is president. Because Putin knew Trump wouldn't take it sitting down. Now here we're at Biden, we're barely into a year of his presidency, and Putin is moving on the Ukraine. You know, he's declared two areas within the Ukraine. He's trying to say, well, they're mostly Russian, you know. He's declared them, I think, neutral zones was his word, whatever his word was. Putin's trying, you know, and now he's moving, Putin is moving peacekeeping forces into the Ukraine. And I'll tell you something else. It's dangerous because Russia has never lost their territorial uh, determination, their territorial quest. They would love to expand again into the former Eastern Bloc. They would love to take over all those Eastern European countries that finally got their freedom when President Reagan stood down the Soviet Union and pushed them back and said, no more of your expansionism. Putin and the Russian mentality, very much like the Chinese mentality, they want to expand. They want to control more of the world. And they see Biden as a weak fool. They see Biden. Putin and, and, and Xi Jinping, they both see Biden as a weak fool. They saw how he just, you know, wandered off after the Ukraine, said, okay, never mind about that. We left, abandoned the, U, excuse me, out of Afghanistan. Abandoned our people, abandoned translators, abandoned equipment, abandoned our role kind of overnight in Afghanistan, leaving the whole world thinking America ran and, and you know, ran and ducked and covered and, and didn't stand up. Biden has already proven this to Putin, that he is not a fighter, he will not stand up. And the American people, quite frankly, I'm sure they don't want to get, and I don't want to have a war, but the American people no more trust Biden to conduct any foreign policy. They wouldn't want him fighting back against the Ukraine, even if he could. Even uh, in fighting back against the Russians on behalf of Ukraine, they, they don't trust him. And now you have the military in this country who has been just weakened under the years of President Obama, taking out all the patriots, all the people who love America, and putting in place people who run the military, who spend their time discussing pronouns, social justice warrior, LGBTQ agenda, and a bunch of left-wing garbage has no place in the American military. And that's who our military is right now. That's who many of the leaders are. I actually... There is a segment in the military still very loyal to, not just to Trump as a person, but to America. But you have now in this country a really, really dangerous, it's a, such a dangerous time in this world because Putin is not in the slightest worried about anything Biden will do. Neither is Xi Jinping. They both see him as weak and feckless. His entire administration, weak and feckless and foolish. Kamala Harris making a fool of herself every day, wherever she sat, she just cringeworthy. I don't even play her clips because you could hardly stand to listen. So we're in a very, very serious situation. I go back to the idea of the presidency of the United States should not be invested in someone who is so, doesn't matter how many years he served in the Senate, so unready, so incompetent, and who now is suffering obviously from dementia and, and, and unable to function in that job. And yet here we sit, uh, facing the situation with aggression starting from Russia into the Ukraine, and, and we have a, a feckless leader who doesn't know what in the world to do. Um, 
I, I, I will say there's a lot more to say about that guy. I, I'm not going to have time for it today, but you likely recall under Trump when uh, the whole Ukraine thing happened and the uh, gentleman who was um, really working against Trump, this guy Vindman and the national security of Vindman, I'll say, say his name, uh, Vindman, yeah, um, who was working very hard against Trump. Uh, a lot of questions now about what all that he did why is the National Security Council, whether he actually made this Ukraine thing uh, more viable and more um, likely to happen. Anyway, before I go on my last topic, I want to say one other quick thing. I mentioned earlier you can support this show by going to H2Bev. The other way, and really great products, you can also purchase. And the reason I urge you to do this, folks, you realize my show, I don't have commercial breaks. I don't have you know com people coming on and disrupting. I have a few products whose quality I trust, I have tested myself. I don't try to tell you things, suggest you buy things, unless I've tried them personally. One is H2Bev, h2bev.com, and my promo code is DebbieG, D-E-B-B-I-E-G. The other one is MyPillow. And again, I want to urge you to go to MyPillow website and think about buying yourself a gift, buying a friend a gift, wonderful, wonderful products at the mypillow.com website and they have the same deal the same arrangement i have with h2bev and that is this when you go to mypillow.com you can look through the online they have many many wonderful products are we in there mr becker on page and we'll put that up if we can mr pillow on oh, my pillow there we go uh, mypillow.com um, and so we have and mr becker is always there he's completely wonderful he, actually i'm so grateful that he's our producer uh, so but on mypillow.com i'm not recommending anything i haven't tried myself towels i mean truly large absorbent soft comfortable and you know some towels that look pretty and you you use them but they're not actually getting your hands dry and you keep up rubbing these towels are actually absorbent high quality many choices and colors so towels slippers i i wear them every single day at home my husband does too are the slippers they have bathrobes sheets and their signature product pillows great pillows high quality pillows can, and I urge you, if you want to buy a gift for yourself, gift for others, go to MyPillow.com. You get up to 66% off, up to 66% off at MyPillow.com. The products are shipped right to your house. Use the promo code DebbieG. That's the way to get 66% off. Use D-E-B-B-I-E-G, DebbieG. And, and that products come to your house. I get a small compensation myself. It helps the show keep going. Gets you great products at great prices. Okay, last story for today I want to hit. And I'm just going to touch the surface of it now. And I want to come back to other days. But on these less pretend generous stories. And I want to say my larger point about today. You know, we just, in this world, there are such serious issues facing America. Are we going to have the freedom of religion? Are we going to have freedom of speech? Are we going to have a secure border? America is told by the left, the anti-American left, to indulge in lies and pretends all the time on all subjects. There was no election fraud. So therefore, we have now a, a bulletin out of the Department of Homeland Security. Can't talk about election fraud in 2020. You might make you domestic terrorists. Can't talk about COVID. Lies and lies and lies about COVID. Pushing the vaccine when we had plenty of effective medications ahead of time. And, we, and you know, I use the word pretend because it's like we're all asked to play along. It's not just that they lie, but that America, the, the country is just asked to play along. Oh, okay, I see. You know, I, I read the, the, the DHS bulletin. Can't talk about election fraud, so there was no election fraud. Can't talk about COVID cures because nothing cures except the vaccines. Can't talk about the danger of the vaccines because you're not allowed to talk about that either. 
And so on issue after issue, lie after lie, you know, the border, they just, oh yeah, there, there's no problem with the border. The border's fine. When you have all these people coming back, we've had on the show countless times saying, the border, the southern border is completely open. We are being invaded. So a whole other arena I'm just going to touch on today. There'll be other times we can get to it um, and uh, more detail on it. But this whole other big pretend is in the arena of the transgender movement. I just want to point out to you, I'll just plant this seed because we're going to run out of time to talk about it very much. But there are people competing in high level at college level, but the high level best performing athletes in the country, girls, women who have spent their life where everybody else is having fun in high school and hanging out at the mall and going to movies and going to girlfriends' houses, people who are athletes, students who are athletes, dedicate their life to their sport. So you have swimmers who've dedicated their lives to making themselves as good as they can be, and they get to college at the highest levels, and they are forced to compete against a guy, an anatomical, fully, fully um, anatomically male guy who just gets to say, I think I'm a girl. So you have at the University of Pennsylvania, UPenn swimmer, uh, a guy completely anatomically male, using their locker room, but even worse, competing against them and winning events. So you have girls, you might as well just abandon girls' sports, women's sports. Admit we're not gonna give women any chance to compete because men get in and there is there are actually men and women and men are stronger than women. They win all the races and these girls are being treated as though they don't even exist. We're about out of time for our radio listeners. I'm gonna come back and do more on this story um, about the transgender swimmer thing because it's so unfair to women. But for now, you're listening to America Can We Talk, AmericanWeTalk.org, Debbie Georges, come back next time. Okay, my very fine friends listening, uh, I, I wanna hit that story more because, there, I mean, it's not a story just to talk about the unfairness to women, the real, pretend that we're going to talk about more that the left does on transgenderism the real pretend is that they put out stories in media sources the parents don't see them young girls who may be having a hard time you know they're a little bit of socially outcast they don't have a lot of friends they're spending a lot of time online and spending their time online and making friends and going to websites and pretty soon they're lured into this transgender garbage lured into it taught to think oh this is how i can be happy so i'll be popular I'll, I'll be i'll say i'm transgender there's one story i'm going to share it with you sometime again soon to tell you what happened to this young girl who believed because of, she was taught this that you know, transgender is the answer you'll suddenly be famous you'll be you'll be you'll be so respected everyone will think you're cool and what her journey from being a girl trying to become a guy realizing the misery because you can't change genders no matter what anyone says and then she went back to trying to be a girl she's trying to get her story out there to say don't do what i did i'm going to share that story but again the larger picture a pretend of the left that someone who is one gender can really become another gender no connection to reality and that argument okay i close out the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you so we start with free money a thousand dollars a month west hollywood to trial a version of universal basic income, $1,000 a month support for elderly people, oh, it's only over 50, let's not call them elderly, but over 50, who identifies LGBTQ. LGBT, we missed the Q. Okay, no rules or limits on how money is spent. When private people or charities give away their own money, that's private, 
prerogative. When private motive and private assessment of efficacy, that's fine. Private money, accountability for results is their choice. When government does this with OPM, other people's money, taxpayers' money, it's always, always fails. Costless virtue signaling, more money, more recipients, more fare, and ignoring the realities of life. Responsibility, work, reward, moral choices matter. UBI, universal basic income, is just another version of LBJ's Great Society. It will end the same way. Trillions in wealth redistribution, but no help to poor people and no help to inspire people to believe in their God-given ability to take care of themselves. So that is free money. Our next story was on the um, Parliament supports uh, Trudeau, the Nazi tactic works. Tearful Jewish member of the Canadian Parliament laments a Nazi flag seen among freedom convoy protesters equates trunker, trucker honk-horning, okay, horn-honking, sorry, I speak English, horn-honking, uh, with Heil Hitler, paves the way for affirming Trudeau's grab of totalitarian, tyrannical power. This is the absolute evil of false flag tactics that the weak-minded are unable to discern, just like the real Hitler's Reichstag fire. Weak-minded couldn't figure it out. Canadian politicians have put Canada on a path toward unimaginable darkness. Millions of Canadians are awake, but can they overcome media and the police and force a course change? The stakes for Canada have never been higher. Freedom has taken a huge hit. And on President's Day yesterday, George Washington, Washington's life is filled with achievements exemplifying courage and high character. Learn the story of the 21-year-old George Washington and a letter delivered to Fort LaBeouf is on our website, AmericanWeTalk.org. Washington was a noble and great leader, much to justify him as a father of our country. The left wants to recast him as, recast him as racist and unworthy of study. America now led by a senile, incoherent, compromised, pandering, unaccomplished career politician who is turning to racism to fill a Supreme Court vacancy and inviting aggression around the world through manifest weakness. America is experiencing incalculable damage from this stolen election. And why Putin launched the Ukraine now? As Durham proceeds, as the special investigator, uh, Americans are waking up to the damage from Hillary Clinton's Russia collusion hoax. Recall, Trump is Putin's patsy. That was actually the Democrats said that. Russia hacked the DNC, also untrue. Trump is caving to Putin for help in the 2016 election, also untrue. Trump was impeached by the Democrat left for wanting to investigate Biden and the Ukraine corruption. Too bad he couldn't get it done. Yet Putin made no aggressive moves during Trump's presidency. Under Biden, the U.S. military has been weakened and the American people have lost so much trust in the government that there is no support for war over Russia-Ukraine border, especially when the U.S.-Mexico border is undefended and overrun. History's lessons are simple. Strength deters aggression. Weakness invites it. The world and America need serious adult leadership now, and we need it now. Dangerous times are ahead. On a pretend gender studies, the Penn swimmer ranked number, he, the same person, ranked 462 as male, and number one as a female, continues to win except for one loss to another transgender man. Women's sports will cease to exist if this fantasy continues to be indulged. Stories continue to surface about actual harm to gender transitioning efforts imposed on children and young people and adults. A society that embraces psychological gender reengineering has dismissed God from order and creation and appointed rulers of men to take the place of God. History suggests this isn't a new idea and it never ends well. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Tomorrow on this show, 
actually, no, I'm going to just close that. We're out of time. Thank you for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do this show to speak up for the extraordinary and unique greatness of America, to urge you in join me, joining me and millions of others in striving to preserve America. I do this show because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. Can We Talk? Truth About America.